Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Have you heard? Sling TV offers the news you love for less. Hey, wait, you look and sound just like me. I am you. I'm the same news programs on Sling TV for less. You mean you're me, but for less money? A lot less. I'm all the favorite news programs and more on Sling TV, starting at just $40 a month. Everything great about me, but for less money? Which makes me greater, don't you think? Get the news you love and more for less. Start Start saving saving today. today. Visit sling.com to see your offer. Sling. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. And Fernando. Hello, Ben. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you're doing well. Another great episode for you. We'll keep you updated on what's going on with the people who are running for president or waddling. Hello, the jokes <laughs> keep on creaming. It's Chris Christie. Uh, Chris Christie, he gave a presentation in front of the Faith and Freedom event because nothing goes more hand in hand than faith and freedom. And he was booed because he said some controversial things about their sweet papa, Donald J. (laughs) Trump. So we'll uh, fill you in a little bit on that. Also, some state house news from some states across the country, plus much more. Let's start with a little hypocrisy alert. It's a bit of an old story, but I think an important story when it comes to Robert Epp. Kennedy Jr. It was the peak of the pandemic. Everyone was masturbating five to 12 times a day. (laughs) Anger flowed. (laughs) The streets were full of blood. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., a man who has made his uh, name in many ways through the anti-vax community. Ironically, this is, again, a bit of an older story. He did have a party during COVID, and everyone was basically forced to take COVID tests and be vaccinated uh, before they could attend. So, you know, (laughs) it is what it is. It Mm. just, it's always between Gavin Newsom keeping his restaurant open after he closed every other restaurant. And then you have someone like Robert F. Kennedy who's like, vaccines cause me to be, look at gay porn. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, again, say one thing, do another. So when it comes to little stories like that, you wonder if that will begin to undermine some of his efforts to gain support from those people, the Venn diagram, unique and interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of the anti-vax community. Well, this is he is a married man and he is married to a very famous woman who I love very much. I Cheryl love Hines. Cheryl Hines, yes. curb your enthusiasm. Wow. And I will say this, Larry David, probably a germaphobe. <laughs> I'm just going to guess. I don't <laughs> right, know why. Right. But according to the story, he said it was his wife. Cheryl Hines insisted that they be vaccinated. I do believe it. Uh, you know, hmm. I kind of believe it, but still maybe, I don't know. Uh, where? Okay, so... I would do anything to get that <laughs> scooch. <laughs> he loves her. So, you know, the policies for your house shouldn't be different for the policies for the nation is just what I'm saying. Yeah, perhaps hmm. it could be construed that way. It's just interesting. 
that these two, uh, again, they are Hollywood elite, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Aren't sure. they indeed? Although very funny. I do like Ms. Hines. Yes. Yeah, she's had a great career. She's also stumping for him on the campaign trail. They are going around everywhere. So she's sticking up for her hubby, even if she's worried about everyone in there not wearing masks and not being vaccinated. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, speaking of stumping, Somebody would love to have Donald Trump stump out of his rear end. Kevin McCarthy, let's move on. <laughs> Kevin McCarthy. So this guy, he pissed off a lot of the Freedom Caucus people within the Republican Party. Again, freedom is just another word for trying to restrict all of your rights. <laughs> He angered them through the debt ceiling deal and uh, not being hard enough on Joe, even though I don't think uh, anyone needs to be hard enough on Joe. Life is. So Speaker Kevin McCarthy. <laughs> sandbags. He's just, I know, poor guy. Poor Whoa, guy. Corn pop, get that sandbag away from me. I can't believe he didn't dodge that sandbag. <laughs> the thing that's it's, literally created not to move. Right. It moved so fast at me. Either way, Kevin McCarthy, he wants to get back to sniffing the nice butts in D.C. And right now they say, get out of here. I'm wagging my tail and getting you away. So in order to do that, he is now throwing his support behind the idea of expunging the two (laughs) impeachments of Donald Trump. Again, we have so many issues in this country, and we'll get to some other ones that are much more serious, immigration, things of that nature. But this is what's happening in Capitol Hill. It's all hyper-personal, and it's all high school politics, and it's all so stupid. Who gives a fuck? Technically, the impeachments helped Donald Trump because everyone knew that he was going to (laughs) win when it comes to being convicted of said charges. Yeah, and I don't even know if... Congress has that authority. You say he's he's looking into it, but does Congress even have the authority to go back and unimpeach a a president? I'm pretty sure that's historical record. A lot of, uh, well, within the Kevin McCarthy, again, desperately trying to wrangle the cats uh, that are on (laughs) Marjorie. That are just screaming at each other on social media and literally on the House floor. They're trying to say that Trump's behavior didn't rise to the level that merited the um, impeachment. So McCarthy Hmm. said, Hmm. I think it is appropriate, just as I thought before, Mm -hmm. that you should expunge it because it never should have gone through. I believe the first impeachment was regarding Ukraine and uh, in order to uh, get it was quid pro quo. Yes. And uh, Donald Trump said that he was going to withhold military goods to Ukraine unless they did something. I forget. They investigated the Bidens. Unless they laptop. Yeah. I want you to do us a favor, though. And then what what was the second impeachment? Oh, my goodness. Oh, that was over January 6th. That was (laughs) so there you go. So that was oh wow. So much has happened. So much has (laughs) happened. So both of the impeachments, as far as I'm concerned, are valid. My only pushback at the time and still to this day is that there was no chance in hell that the Senate was going to approve. So again, it just made Donald Trump say, look, vindicated, vindicated. And it just helps the people that support him say everything against him is a witch hunt. Nonetheless, the people's house not doing the people's business. No one gives a shit. But Kevin McCarthy, again, just so desperate to hold on to power. And let's not forget when he became Speaker of the House, 
That was contentious to say the least. I mean, it was multiple days. Right. Matt yep. Gates struck some deal with him. <laughs> Bobby yep. was there. Yep. I mean, he Bobby, barely like became, <laughs> he barely became Speaker of the House. And then, of course, again, the debt ceiling compromise, which didn't make anybody happy except for Wall Street, uh, hurt him with that base. So I don't know. Is this a good political move? Does the GOP really need to be focusing on Donald Trump and expunging? His impeachments from the no. Republican Party. That's not a kitchen table issue. That's not helping him make ends meet. That's not dealing with the fact that, as we mentioned in the last episode, you can't get by with right. you know, less than 85K mm-hmm. a year just to, you know, have a normal average American life. Right. I don't uh, What's the messaging here for the Republicans? Yeah, there's no messaging. I mean, for for McCarthy, you got to think maybe he's just trying to throw some red meat to your Jim Jordans, your Matt Gates, your Boberts, your MTGs to keep him in line and keep him on his side. Because you're right, Ben. It was an embarrassing race to speaker for him. That was a 15 different votes for yeah. him to even get there. And he needed those six or seven hardcore Trumpers. I think the biggest thing, too, again, back to my point about i don't even know if you can go back in time and unimpeach a president i mean we could do that for clinton let's do it for andrew johnson while we're at it expunge <laughs> you're expunged congratulations mr johnson oh he's dead oh fair oh, enough i always <laughs> love to think of donald trump and expunging oh, uh, no one wants to except carrie lake no one's expunging that guy in the morning <laughs> let me tell you but the point is is that it doesn't help him with any of his legal troubles right now He's no. got charges in New York. He's got charges mm-hmm. in Miami. Mm-hmm. He's got charges coming from Georgia. I don't yes. think D.C. makes much of a difference. No, what? it doesn't. And it, it, Fernando in a second. But interestingly enough, with the first impeachment, that passed with no Republican support. Mm-hmm. But right. the second one, thank yeah. you guys for reminding yes. me once again, that little petty insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> that did end up getting 10 Republicans mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. support impeaching the president well mm-hmm. this this is outside of kevin's mccarthy's reach anyways right this was something that is outside of the house anyways to begin with because it involved the senate involved in a lot of other people so it was it's out of his reach anyways right i mean this is would be this is minutia right this would be paperwork this is i mean i guess that they could technically try to bring it i mean i don't know there's a lot of constitutional questions but again yeah. does it freaking matter whatsoever And if anything, it's just bringing light to the fact that he was impeached twice. If you forgot, now Mm -hmm. you'll remember. (laughs) And it's interesting as well when it comes to Kiev and him talking with Ukraine and military aid. Now everyone is saying that Trump's been arrested by his political rival, Joe Biden. Uh, what not, was that's he literally true. doing? Because um, Joe Biden can't arrest him, you know, because right, right, Joe right. Biden, again, can't uh, avoid sandbags. And yeah. um, <laughs> he um, evidently also I saw a clip from him in 2013. It sounded like he got a lobotomy <laughs> uh, because he had a surgery and that was he had a big ass surgery on his brain. And then he what? said, uh, and I'm going to talk weird after all. And he did. <laughs> and he did. And he does. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but if anything, it just reminds us again, the hypocrisy, because, again, as we said, Ukraine and what he was uh, holding over their heads was that he wanted them to investigate his political rivals, which, again, lays uh Another example upon another example upon another example of Donald Trump deflecting. And yeah. this is, that's exactly what he does. And now he's pretending as if all the people he appointed are coming after me. More to mm. Travis's point, though. What if it's what exactly what Travis said? He's just kind of shotgunning 
in case Trump does rise up the ranks and in case Trump does go, you know, get even, you know, possibly get a nomination, he's going to say, I tried, Donnie. I tried. Right. I tried right, to right, get right. that expungement so that if the king. Just in case. Yeah, just in case. Again, he's just shotgunning to make a few people happy. Well, you never know. What's interesting mm-hmm. about Donald Trump, again, we'll talk about Chris Christie right after this because it ties in with the Faith and Freedom Coalition Conference in Washington, D.C. Uh, because when I think, again, of faith, I think of D.C. Mm. And uh, certainly <laughs> when I think of freedom, North Carolina Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. He has full-throated, he has uh, (laughs) thrown his support behind Donald Trump. Uh, He says that Donald Trump put America first, none of which is true. He puts himself first. Everyone already knows it. But this is what Robinson says at this event. He says this nation needs a fighter, someone who is willing to go onto the world stage, walking boldly, strongly, Waving the American flag, saying the Americans are here and we're in charge again. And we're going to lead this world into the future with freedom. Oh, freedom. (laughs) He says, that is why on this stage today, I am endorsing Donald J. Trump. Wow. So even uh, despite all of it, he still has a lieutenant governor in a really... A wealthy state in North Carolina. Yeah. A successful purple state. Donald Trump still has his supporters out there. It's uh, interesting. It's a bold move Mm -hmm. for a politician. And again, as we know, there's going to be no return the favor for Mark Robinson, because (laughs) if he loses or he gets in any trouble, I mean, he's not going to help his ass. Mm -mm. Right, right. Exactly. I mean, similar situation. J.D. Vance is in my senator from Ohio. Trump got him the nomination, hence getting him the Senate seat. So J.D. is just, you know, doing anything he can to stay on Trump's good side. And you got to think a lot of other Republican politicians are probably going to follow. I mean, Fernando just made the point about McCarthy. We know for a fact after you know, all these indictments, everything's happening in Miami. Trump's numbers are going up and his fundraising is going up. So he's not going anywhere. Well, the I'm question not is sure if his how number... much longer. Oh, his numbers went up. Eight Did point, they six go points. Up? Yes, sir. Oh, my God. It's that's a thing. We like we've said on this show, Teflon Don. But <laughs> at some point, like you said, Ben, eventually the pan gets scratched. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I that would that's just absolutely fucking insane. But I suppose the rhetoric is working. So going back to the faith and freedom event, Chris Christie, he has been a little bit more vocal when it comes to criticizing Donald Trump. He wants to tell it like it is. <laughs> Indeed, this man, he's not sugarcoating anything except for <laughs> Hello. everything he eats. eats. Okay, there okay, you go. There we is. got it. Can I get a little bit more sugar with my steak? <laughs> oh, right away, Governor. Yeah, former governor. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Here's one. Yeah, you heard of Bridgegate? You ever heard of Bridgegate? <laughs> I did that. I killed that old lady and that guy. And- yeah, I, I really got back so, at him. Oh, he's really telling it like it is. Oh. So this guy was stressing the stage, and God knows, I hope it was strong enough, because he says, this is what he had to say. He says, why am I running for president of the United States? You're not yes, running. we all want to know. You're that, not running. Is, that is truly the main question, isn't it? Yeah. Why are you running, Chris? Uh, he says, I'm running because Trump let us down. Oh. Wow. And you know, when Chris Christie is let down, it is very difficult to pick him up. <laughs> um, he says he has let us down because he's unwilling 
He's unwilling to take responsibility for any of the mistakes that he made. He's right there. At this moment, the crowd said, boo! Boo! That's not mine. That's my president. He's my president. And then Chris Christie said, you can boo all you want. And then they did. <laughs> and then they did. And he goes on to say, our faith. Also, when did Chris Christie become some evangelical zealot? I don't know. When did, he, when, when did all that happen? Anyway, I... Uh, Whatever. He must have eaten Jesus. Anything, mm. anything mm. to, uh, again, just gain some kind of political foothold, which Chris Christie simply does not have at right. this moment. Uh, he's lucky to even have toes. Uh, he goes on to say, <laughs> our faith teaches us that people have to take responsibility for what they do. People have to stand up and take accountability for what they do. And I cannot stand by this was a massively pro-Trump uh, event. I again the uh, the Faith and Freedom <laughs> Caucus just got hoodwinked, bamboozled, whatever you right, want to call right. it, or sure. they were just exposed for the hypocrites uh, that they are right. by Donald Trump. But politically, for Chris Christie, he doesn't have the evangelical vote. He doesn't have the moderate vote. He doesn't have. I, I don't. What is it? Why? Why are you running? Why? What is he? He's in no man's land. He can no longer stand by, and he can no longer stand up either. He's got problems. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, let's just leave the jokes uh, alone a little bit here. We're really taking this uh, more seriously than <laughs> you know. There's a series of he jokes. He takes there. his weight. All right. All right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Okay. Interestingly enough, when it comes to Chris Christie, he, he gave an interview with Jake Tapper. Oh. And he said, and this is another area that he's trying to, again, sort of tiptoe around, sort of like Chris Farley and Beverly Hills Ninja. He's <laughs> attempting to get Classic some scene. moderate, very fantastic scene. Mm. Maybe he's attempting to get some moderate, not social conservative, fiscally conservative Republicans on board. Sure. Moderate. Um, he did that by saying that he believes that states should abandon their efforts on restricting gender affirming health care for trans children and adolescents, replacing them with policies that prioritize parental involvement in transition-related care for minors. So kind of threading that needle is what Christie had to say. He says, I don't think that the government should ever be stepping into the place of the parents in helping to move their children through a process where those children are confused or concerned about their gender. The mm. parents are the people who are positioned best to make those judgments. He continued, uh, what I would like to make sure each state does is require that parents be involved in these decisions. Folks who are under the age of 18 and have parental support and guidance and love as they make all these key decisions in life. So attempting to 
kind of get away from the really nasty rhetoric Mm -hmm. and trying to make more of a moderate appeal, I suppose, when it comes to small, a a small government approach. And uh, he's certainly right that the state houses should abandon all of this stuff and it should be uh, left up to the individuals and their families. This is your saying about a broken clock being right twice in a row, Ben. I mean, he's right about Trump not admitting his mistakes and not willing to admit he's a, a failure at some parts if not all. But he's also right about this. It should be uh, the parents should be involved. And that's what's important, not the mm. state control. And then, of course, you know, it is up to the uh, every person is is uh, is a God in their own right as well. And then they can make decisions for themselves. Uh, mm. Christy finished with you really think that Sarah Huckabee Sanders should be making this decision for children in Arkansas? No, just a solid point by Chris Christie. He says, I love Sarah. I think she's a great person and a really good governor. Oh, he's mm. wrong. Mm. Um, <laughs> there you go. Back to being wrong. Back but to being then wrong, he yeah. says, but I don't think she would ever allow the government to substitute her judgment as a mother for their judgment. So Chris Christie mm. in a interesting little dance. So when it comes to um, finding some lane within this uh, really contentious and growing field of presidential candidates, for 2024. Let's it's talk. almost as hard as finding a lane on that bridge he shut down. Hello. He's such yeah. a fucking asshole. <laughs> he really is. I mean, the bridge gate was so bad. Mm-hmm. If you don't know bridge gate, just Google it bridge so gate. Petty. It yeah. was so petty. A mayor of a small town didn't vote for him. So he shut down an entire lane of a highway. Yeah. Uh, it did lead. Uh, it, it, she was an older woman, but right. she still died. She still, still, someone still died. Yeah. The ambulance still didn't get to her. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless. Right. And then, of course. The beach, beach gate, every goddamn gate that there is. Um, so wait, wait. So knowing what we know about Chris Christie, do you think this is just lip service, Ben? I'll, I'll, everything is yeah. lip service with well, this guy. Yeah, he is such a liar. <laughs> I guess. He is you, such a liar. He really is. I mean, he's just yeah. such a classic. When you think of a a corrupt crony, uh, just a corporate bought and sold former prosecutor. Uh, you know, right. yeah. He's. Right. He, I mean, remember what he did with marijuana. With that young girl who had epilepsy, oh, and he refused, right. and he refused to allow her to even take a supplement right, that right. had uh, that had some uh, THC substance in it. Or he, yes, he is such a he. He is a nanny state man as well. Mm-hmm. So sure. the fact he's trying to be like, no parent should make it's all horseshit. Well, and he botched the medical marijuana program when it got rolled out in New Jersey. And you're right, there's that incident of him like yelling at a father. Yeah. Right, he was yelling at the girl's yeah. father because the and guy was just, like literally crying. Yeah, that's his thing. Is like he's tough, but like a lot of the clips are just—it's not him yelling at Donald Trump. It's him yelling at voters in yeah. his state who and don't also, like him. He had a chance to stand up to Donald Trump in 2016, and he didn't. And he wanted he so bad right to be. Over. Yeah. He rolled right over, right. and he was like, right. "Put me in your cabinet, please, God. I just <laughs> want to be part of the administration, please, please, please." And then Donald Trump just made fun of him a bunch. <laughs> right, and it reminds me of when we saw him on uh, the Bill Maher show promoting his new book. And he keeps like, he'll go on shows like that and present himself like a never Trumper, but then he'll go over to Fox News promoting the same book. And the question is, okay, if Trump gets the nomination, are you voting for Biden or Trump? He still says Trump. So I wonder if that answer has changed. No, it hasn't. And he still will vote for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Nothing that you hear from that man is real. When it comes to Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the shit keeps on rolling downhill for this guy. I perhaps <laughs> I, I didn't re, I didn't see the poll that you were referencing, Travis. But if you're saying that Trump is up by eight, I would assume that's coming from Ron DeSantis. Absolutely. Uh, that's coming from his coffers. Uh, Ron DeSantis has just sharpened his defense 
of Justice Samuel Alito and Clarence Thomas oh, because, boy. you know, they're taking a bunch of money from a bunch of billionaires. And oh. so for some reason, Ron DeSantis has decided that those people are the people he wants to defend. He was also speaking at the Faith and Freedom Coalition Conference. This is what he had to say. He says, nominate and appoint justices to the Supreme Court in the mold of Justice Clarence Thomas and Justice Samuel Alito. So he doesn't just like Alito and he doesn't just like Clarence Thomas. He wants more people like him who are going to be bought, bought and sold by some random ass billionaire. Why couldn't they have been on that fucking submarine? That's what we need to do. Free rides. Free rides to see the Titanic for Clarence Thomas. If you're on the Supreme Court, feel free to come on down. He's he's just not. This is such a a perfect opportunity for him to just reach out to all the voter base and be like, yes, I want responsibility. I want small government. But instead, he's saying that he's never going to decriminalize marijuana and also saying that he agrees with the two most corrupt judges on the Supreme Court. And of course, don't forget the billionaire Harlan Crow got exactly what he's been wanting as well from the Supreme Court. So it's Sam. Yeah, it's obvious what's going on. Yeah, same with the, the Alito's billionaires. They also had business in front of the court. And Gorsuch, his billionaires had business in front of the court. Every time a Supreme Court justice hangs out with a billionaire, a billionaire gets what he wants in front of the Supreme Court. Easy as that. And that billionaire for Alito is Paul Singer. Uh, that was in 2008. Uh, Singer's business interests would later appear in front of the Supreme Court. Mm. And, of course, Alito sided with Paul Singer because Paul Singer took him on a really nice fishing trip in 2008. Oh it was gosh. this big, Ben. Wow. It was so big. Oh. <laughs> what is more of a, between a fisherman, a politician, and a judge, I don't know who lies more. Right. For their part, both justices have denied any wrongdoing. Uh, ProPublica has leveled two charges against, this is according to Alito, this is what he wrote in a op-ed to the Wall Street Journal. He Mm. says, ProPublica has leveled two charges against me. First, that I should have recused in matters in which an entity connected with Paul Singer was a party. And second, that I was obligated to list certain items as gifts on my 2008 financial disclosure (laughs) report. Neither charge is valid. (laughs) So there you go. Isn't that easy to do? It's just like that. Neither charge is valid. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Those are so not valid. I'm going to write a whole op-ed about it to a newspaper. Speaking of singers, there's another, what is it, Brian Singer? He has a three-hour documentary coming out about how he's not a pedophile. (laughs) (laughs) Just what you need. Just what you need. Just what you need. (laughs) He's self-funding it, so don't worry. And I'm sure Alito will have a similar documentary coming out at some point as well. Alito, um, he says when it comes to people talking about the plane rides and the trips, He says, uh, writing that Singer has, quote, allowed me to occupy what would have otherwise been an unoccupied seat. So he basically just says that he's like, Singer had a free seat. And I just went to otherwise the seat would have been lonely. Yeah. If my big fat fucking ass wasn't sitting on that seat, farting and doing all the other things, I I drip. I also drip. That's why we wear robes. You you don't actually you don't you don't see the tubs underneath the, the, the seats there. He had nine seats on his boat, and I was like, I'm good at filling one of nine seats. I'm on the Supreme Court. So that's literally his excuse was, well, there is room. Again, <laughs> go, go check out the Titanic, would you? <laughs> My favorite part of the story with the Ron DeSantis is that he still managed to subtweet at Trump. 
because he still talked crap about Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett and <laughs> Neil Gorsuch, you know, so wow. he, he he loves the old guys, but not the Trump elected ones. And as wow. far as those three go, Gorsuch is definitely the the less of all three evils, <laughs> which is not saying too much. Uh, DeSantis goes on to say regarding the Supreme Court, DeSantis also mentioned how uh, he thinks Democrats are trying to delegitimize the courts and the conservative leaders. Now, I would say that you don't need help from anybody, <laughs> right? <laughs> they you know, the Supreme Court own. is delegitimizing itself. And, and it's like uh, our, our favorite scene from Clue. You're trying to make me look stupid in front of all the other guests. <laughs> don't need any help from me, sir. <laughs> Boom. That's right. That's right. <laughs> There's pictures of you delegitimizing yourself with big fish in your hands and all this yeah, money. And- exactly. exactly. The, the Democrats don't have the power. They, they don't have the power to do anything. <laughs> uh, anyway. Joe can't even conquer a sandbag. I mean, come on. When it, com- <laughs> when it comes to the Supreme Court, however, there are serious things that these people are in charge of. I want to talk about this quickly with the Navajo Nation. Ooh. The Supreme mm. Court has ruled against the Navajo Nation. The Navajo Nation claims that the federal government failed to assert the tribe's desperate need for water access mm. in the West. The justices, in a five to four decision, They said that, no, the federal government didn't do anything wrong and the lawsuit is going to be thrown out. Mm -hmm. Writing for the majority, Justice Brett Kavanaugh, he said that in 1868 treaty with the Navajo Nation did not require the U.S. government to take active steps to secure water access. Oh, my God. They just overthrew Roe. (laughs) It's like, it, but he's no in 1868. I think we really solved this problem right, with right. the Navajo Nation. Right. Nothing's right. changed. I'm, I'm going to give you all this land with no rivers. No and water. in this perverted <laughs> vision of reality, it's so it being a 155 year old treaty, according to Brett Kavanaugh, makes it more legitimate, right? As what? opposed to less, because mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> he says. It's not this judiciary's role to rewrite and update this 155-year-old treaty. They have been rewriting. (laughs) They have been rewriting much, much more recent events. Yeah, uh, with ease. Uh, Neil Gorsuch again. This is why I said he was the less of the three evils. There, he did side with the three liberal justices in dissent. Uh, The tribes are literally just asking the federal government to identify its water rights. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And without water, you don't live, you know, so it's like really important. Mm -hmm. And so you rape their land, you take everything from them. And now the Supreme Court has sided with a 155 year old treaty, which, you know, was not constructed in good faith. No, I mean, I can't believe I'm referencing the 17th president, Andrew Johnson, twice in one show. But Andrew (laughs) Johnson, who is the first president to ever be impeached was president, and he signed that treaty. Wow. 1868. And now you've got Supreme Court justices 155 years later saying, yeah, that thing, that was fine. This Unbelievable. Is, this is I an, mean, uh, sadly, very believable. No, it's right. very yeah, believable. Yes, also exactly. that, yeah. yeah. It, this is an important treaty because this means it takes away their federal rights to, like, uh, claim rights on the river against, uh, for example, cities and well, agriculture. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, as these corporations literally buy our rivers. As Nestle literally buys land yeah. next to rivers so that they can pump out the water. Uh, they, this basically means they just do not have federal protections to even say, hey, I have water rights to this land because according to this treaty, mm-hmm. water didn't come with the land. Wow. 
No, yeah. the water doesn't come with the yeah. land. You got to pay for that. That is extra like when that. you buy the, the land that we forced you onto. <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry. No water, no guarantee. You signed the treaty. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of an analogy. It would be like, I, like pizza not coming with the sauce. I don't know. Like, yes. what, there's just <laughs> doesn't make. I, it's just assumed when you give someone land that it comes with the water, and sure. because that's part of the land. And yes. so you might say things that like has water on it. Uh, didn't mean to interrupt you, but you might say things like, all right, why don't they build wells? Well, in places like where the Navajo Nation is, Ben, you guys talk are talking about this on last podcast on left. They did this crazy thing called the Trinity test there. So the whole ground is irradiated. So even in some of these places, say you dig a well, guess what's going to be down there? You know what? That's mm. a great horror. That's a that's is this is the native's revenge. Oh. Drink that water. Superpowers. <laughs> Superpowers. The next X-Men. Yeah. I love it. But I mean, mm. it's disenfranchisement left and yes. right on on the Supreme Court level. That's just crazy to it me. It is yeah. crazy. And again, that's why the billionaires buying the justices is not a good thing. When it comes to the Navajo Nation, just a little insight. This um the infrastructure and water they're talking about is on a 17 million acre reservation. It's larger than the state of West Virginia. It hmm. straddles part of Arizona, New Mexico, and Utah, and it remains the biggest challenge facing Navajo leaders. And this is according to one Navajo leader. They say, my job as president of the Navajo Nation is to represent and protect the Navajo people, our land, and our future. The only way to do that is with secure, quantified water rights to the lower basin of the Colorado River. Wow. So the Supreme Court, as you know, they go on their little fishing trips on mm -hmm. that same mm -hmm. water that uh, is probably being sold on that boat. Uh, there's mm. probably some treaty being made right there. The same Supreme Court that just absolutely has eroded trust in our judicial system has now decided that the Navajo Nation doesn't deserve any water. This is a location, again, facing record level drought. This is a location where every summer they get into the trip, well into the triple digits. Today alone, yeah. it's going to be 105 in Arizona. So, I mean, it's just crazy. It, it is crazy and it sucks. Andrew Curley, a Navajo member, uh, he's a research professor at the University of Arizona. He says it's not surprising that the Supreme Court, a colonial court, Oof. would side with mm. the colonial government. The power wow. is stacked against tribes in this scenario, and it just is. I mean, I don't see how it's just so disgusting. Right. I mean, we've been dealing that we, we've been dealing with a lot of different things here. You know, obviously, you know, when it comes to um, immigration and racial injustices, economic uh, disparities, things of that nature. But, man, the natives have gotten fucked mm -hmm. and they're never even in the front pages anymore. They're never. I mean, I think they had a they had a like outlaw country talks about, right. you know, they actually do love the Native American. Johnny Cash made a whole album about it. Right. Mm, uh, Willie Nelson. I, Willie. And then um, the uh, the famous uh, the famous actor. Um, Marlo. Yeah. Brandon. Brandon. Brandon Fraser. No, Marlon Brando. There we go. Marlon Wayne's Brando Fraser. Oh, he's great. He's really. He good. had the Native American come <laughs> yes. and uh, yes. and speak. But all of that just seems to have gone away. And if I just feel like the, their rights have just gotten more and more and more and more limited and their culture yeah. more and more eroded. And it's really it's horrible. It's just right. horrible. I mean, they have to, to fight for every little piece they get, even in the that bipartisan infrastructure deal. You know, they've got to fight for anything they can out of that. And this is yet another scenario. It's just unless they have a billion dollars. 
and a place to take a Supreme Court justice fishing on their land, then maybe they can get someone to vote their way. But unfortunately, they don't have enough water for anyone to go fishing. Also, my understanding here is that when it comes to the, to this 1868 treaty, um, they didn't, it wasn't really sure if they had the water or not, but they just assumed that they had the water. Right. Cause it was, and then they retroactively, there, right? and then yeah. they retroactively, like, Oh no, that wasn't part of the deal. So it was just a total scam. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, how many treaties did the government break? Exactly. With native tribes throughout the 1800s. And then you're absolutely right. With a big swath of land like that in 1868, there's no way to go around and be like, well, better make sure there's some water on here. Wow. And uh, you know, again, Oh, it is just another example of them completely and utterly um, allowing this nation to continue to be a multi-tiered system. And it's really uh, it's it's horrible. And the fact that five people were able to make that decision based on a 155 year old treaty again, right. that was without a doubt not crafted in um, any kind of fairness. I'm not surprised. I mean, look at uh, what happened in Ohio, what happened in East Palestine, Ohio. People are, the water is poisoned there. No one gives a crap. I yep, mean, right. these people are even more disenfranchised. Yep. It's not even surprising that the Supreme Court would go, you know what? You don't deserve water. And I feel like that's why they don't talk about the Native Americans, because they don't want everyone to touch tips and realize how fucked over we're all mm-hmm. getting. Truly. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And just since Fernando mentioned East, East Palestine, those residents actually went and protested last week at the Ohio State House. And I mean, like straight up during session, brought up signs, started yelling at the legislators because East Palestine residents already and we're only a few months out feel forgotten. My God, I wonder how forgotten the Navajo tribes feel since 1868. Uh, they tried a decade ago as well uh, to get this water from the uh, lower Colorado River. Interestingly enough, the Biden administration and the three states appealed a Supreme Court decision in San Francisco's ninth uh, U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, which ruled in favor of the tribe in 2021, Oof. saying it could sue the government for an alleged failure to carry out its duties on behalf of the tribe. So that is really, so really interesting. From both ends. They disenfranchised yes. from both ends, Democrat or Republican, don't matter. They don't care about the people, the yeah. original people of America. And it's important to just remember the size. Again, 17 million acres. This is this is massive. New Mexico mm-hmm. and Arizona and Colorado are huge. All yeah. right. And it's the Supreme Court. Oh, I, why don't people like us? <laughs> why don't they? Why don't they like us? Well, that is one of the reasons why. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And then another Supreme Court case, there was, uh, this is an interesting one. So by a 7-2 decision, the justices upheld criminal charges against a Sacramento man uh, who was who charged nearly 500 immigrants uh, who lacked documentation, $10,000 each on a phony promise that he could help them become U.S. Oof. citizens. Turns out he can't. 
and right. this was illegal. So it's yeah. an interesting decision made by the court here. I believe the ACLU is actually in favor of this decision when it comes to um, making sure that undocumented people aren't getting totally fucked over. This is my understanding of it. This is ACLU's uh, lawyer. This is uh, Esha Bandrari. They say the Supreme Court has drastically limited the encouragement provision to apply only to intentional solicitation or facilitation of immigration law violations. As written by Congress, the law has left people wondering what they can safely say on subject of immigration. Now we expect the government to respect free speech rights and only enforce the law narrowly going forward. So this might be an area where the Supreme Court does get something right, I mm. believe. Mm -hmm. um, and feel, feel free to reach out uh, if you are more of a legal mind than myself. But it does seem to me like they are protecting the difference between free speech and then speech used to totally scam somebody exactly. over. Exactly. Because, exactly. I mean, you can't you can't create a GoFundMe uh, and pretend you have cancer. Uh, right, it's fraud, right. right? That's not free speech. Exactly. So exactly. that is my understanding of that. So the Supreme Court, interesting uh, on many, many levels. Um, yeah. Well, it reminds me of just the classic example of your free speech ends when you yell fire in a crowded theater and there is no fire. You know, right. it's that kind of that same right. old school thinking, except applied to the to the new version of scams. I guess a lot of people were scamming crowded theaters back then. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, let's move on a little bit to census data. Interestingly enough, Hispanics are now the largest demographic group in Texas. <laughs> you got them, Fernando. We're in there, them. man. Well, I think that's a fantastic thing. The Hispanic community, as we know, if you are a conservative, I don't even know if you're upset about this, to be frank. <laughs> right. Um, this hopefully could move the needle on uh, a rational immigration policy, but also as we've talked about, sometimes the ladder does get pulled up. Uh, close um, the gate, Ben, close the gate. Close the gate behind you. <laughs> yeah. But right now the Latino uh, community outnumbers the white community in Texas by 129,000 people. Um, and uh, so that, I think that's just kind of interesting when it comes to shifting demographics and changes. Oftentimes people think of Texas as a, a big old white state. And certainly the whites are big. Well, many people are large out <laughs> right. there. Nothing wrong it's Texas. with it. it's Texas. It's everything's bigger in Texas. But the Hispanic um, community is now the largest community there. Also, when it comes to migrants, Eric Adams, again, hypocrisy alert. Mm -hmm. He dissed on Ron DeSantis and Greg Abbott for sending migrants to New York City, which obviously he was unable to um, take care of in any responsible way. He's now been doing the exact same thing. So uh, hmm. the city spent more than $50,000 for resettlement of 114 uh, migrant households. He mostly sent them to Florida and Texas. So these people. <laughs> so he's just dooming them. <laughs> I, I Literally, it's just so disgusting what they're doing to these people. So they just got sent to New York and now they're getting sent back to Florida or Texas and. Again, these are human beings, not political ping pongs, please. It's, yeah. The, the only people benefiting from this is is the bus companies. They're in with big bus. They're making big bank, big bucks and big bus. Yes, big bucks for big bus. You can mm -hmm. tell this isn't like a, a some sort of rehabilitation or assistance program because it sounds like he just wants to get them out of his voting range, out of his, uh, you know, out he of just his doesn't want it to deal with yeah, it out of his demographic because he could have possibly provided them housing and jobs. And, you know, there's a lot of vacant houses all over these all over this country. You know, there mm -hmm. really are. And again, there's a lot of need for workers and um, this country is not full. Drive across it like I have and you will notice that so eric adams doing exactly what all the other piece of shit politicians do 
And that is why he is a piece of shit politician. Oh, <laughs> yes, I know. Isn't that shocking? <laughs> Imagine that. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, just lastly, in some local state houses, uh, North Carolina, back to that. A North Carolina state house speaker is being sued by a political elected official who alleges that the Republican ruined his marriage by fucking his wife. Okay, well, that, that would do it. That would do yes. it there. It's illegal to cheat in North Carolina, I think. So I think uh, there's a case. Lawyers for Scott Lassiter claim that uh, for more than three years, Speaker Tim Moore willfully interfered in the marital relationship between Lassiter and his wife. Again, that is a fun way to say anal. Lassiter, oh, no. Lassiter wants two hundred thousand dollars. This guy is cucking out. Wow! Like, you can fuck my wife, but I want two hundred k. Use links. It's also that's what he thinks his wife is worth. That's kind of that's that's, that's, that's a low oh, no. Demi Moore was a million bucks, and with inflation, she was like ten for a right. decent proposal. Oh yeah. <laughs> so there Robert you go. Redford. So the lieutenant governor of North Carolina supporting Donald Trump and then the North Carolina State House Speaker is getting sued for fucking this other guy's wife. Oh, my oh, God. What North is going Carolina. on in North Carolina? It's Come getting steamy. On. It is getting stupider and stupider. Jamie Lassiter is the is the executive director of the North Carolina Conference of Clerks of Superior Court. She called the lawsuit outrageous and defamatory and said her husband, quote, is lashing out. <laughs> at the end of their divorce proceedings. Aww. So she was like, yeah, I fucked him and he was better than you. <laughs> oh, no, you're not helping, lady. <laughs> oh, God. This is what she says. She says the claims are not only false, but impossible, as we've been separated with a signed separation document for years. <laughs> she said, I'm a strong professional woman, and the only person who has ever abused me or threatened me or my career is my soon-to-be ex-husband. Oh, wow. The drama continues. Well, if they're legally, if they were already legally separated, then he has no case. You know? <laughs> oh, I would, all right. Where is your, I, I just... Like as a man, as a man, this sure. is the most bitch thing you could. Do. I'm gonna sue you. Right? How right. Dare you am I watching? Me? Am I watching CNN or a soap opera? Which, which channel is this? So ridiculous. And again, North Carolina, another state that has a lot of issues. But right now, the speaker Tim Moore, he is. Uh, I don't even know if he's in hot water. If I'm Tim Moore, I almost do a victory lap. No, yeah, because that only time you fuck the guy's wife, and then he's so mad. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm on 200 times It's like, hey, you're not going to get it, dude. You already banged your wife. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my gosh. She's North like, North oh, Carolina. my God, you're lieutenant governor? My that, that's, not the, that's the House Speaker. Oh, the okay. lieutenant governor is the guy who loves, he wants to have sex with Donald Trump. Oh, okay, Trump, right. right, exactly. It's oh, all like that God. Nelly song. North Carolina, take your shirt off, wave it around your head. Kind of like a helicopter. It's my wife. I mean, you, <laughs> you, you, you what? You got a choice between a house speaker or a dumpy public school North Carolina teacher. What are you going with, Ben? I'm going with house speaker. I, I guess so. <laughs> I'm Aww, kidding. I'm no kidding. Love I'm, for the teachers. I, I was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> yes, of course. Well, speaking of householders, Larry Householder, this dude, oh, baby. Uh, ex-Ohio house speaker, Larry Householder, uh, obviously a story, Travis, you can illuminate the audience, um, but the federal government is recommending 16 to 20 years in federal prison for mm. his $61 million bribe deal with First Energy in order for, first, in order for him to pass legislation friendly to the company. Absolutely. And look, this is happening in a lot of state houses. I mean, the former Democratic Illinois Speaker of the House, Speakers of Houses, 
are very powerful. Check <laughs> yes, them out. Wherever it is, they're not just fucking your wives. <laughs> they're fucking you and the taxpayer every chance they can get. And of course, we covered this story two years ago, Larry Householder. We were nice enough to leak his cell phone number to our dear fans. And you were oh, all yeah, nice enough right. to text him messages of support, a.k.a. telling him to resign. And yeah. he got kicked out of the legislature. He was tried uh, this year in February and March, and he was indeed found very, very guilty. So 16 to 20 years is a racketeering charge. 20 years is the maximum. We all certainly hope he gets it because this will send a firm message that corruption and the taxpayers, the government of whatever state you live in, Mm -hmm. is not for sale. Absolutely. And sadly, it is. So when it comes to Householder's Attorney, they've asked for 12 to 18 months. Mm. Well, that's, so, that's, <laughs> be- that's cute. You know, I'm going to call that cute. <laughs> also, uh, Householder and ex-Ohio GOP, GOP Chair Matt Borges. Boo! My who, enemy! You know well. Uh, they were both found guilty again of racketeering. So where Larry goes, uh, Borges probably goes as well. So I have, a, I have a question, Travis. You said that private citizens in just Ohio or all over the country can write to suggest to the judge the maximum sentence. Is that just in Ohio or? Oh, no. Every citizen has a right to write to a judge or to recommend to a judge uh, what you want someone to be sentenced just out of the interest of your community or your own safety. As long as you have some type of connection to the case. And in my case, I will be sending, as I told you guys before a show, a letter to Judge Tim Black in Cincinnati, Ohio, and let him know that I want Larry sentenced to the maximum of 20 years, probably plus a perjury charge as well, because Larry got busted on the stand real good by the federal prosecutors. <laughs> and then well. my boy Borges, who tried to swap me two years ago while I was at Ben's house in yeah. L.A., he called the cops to my Your parents' parents. House. In Bexley, Ohio. Don't yeah. worry. They all had a good laugh. Them and the cops. Well, they all Travis, it was Travis got a phone funny. call from his wonderful mother. She's been like, uh, they're, they're at the door. <laughs> the cops are at <laughs> right, the door. Can you tell them you're not here? And I'm like, well, I'm not there. Here's Puffin. Here's Jerry. Here's a oh, palm tree. Oh, my God. Here's a fucking license plate. This is California on it. Right. So but it was all because Matt Borges called the police on me for trespassing on his property at a time when I was not even in the state. So I want this guy gone out I, of my city, out of my community, behind uh, bars. I get it. And it's nasty. And it really, you can't overstate this. First energy. Uh, again, they got, they paid 61 million bucks to Householder, right? And, you know, whatever. Uh, they got. Uh, $1.3 billion in a taxpayer-funded bailout Oof, right. for the company's new power plants. So what happens to First Energy here? As we're, we've learned, the corporations don't get punished. Mm-mm. And it's ironic that Larry Householder is probably going to be more in line with Bernie Sanders when it comes to corporations. Now he's <laughs> right. like, they're yeah, greedy, sure. they're greedy. Yeah. First Energy had to pay $230 bucks. That's nothing. That's it. They, they yeah. just paid a little fine. Yeah. And uh, again, isn't that our money? Yeah. Didn't they just find? Didn't they just pay with the cash that we that they That's got from the taxpayers? Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Oh, their profits are always in the billions, so it's, it's a slap on the wrist. They did have to enter, you know, a deferred agreement. Every single thing they can't donate to any politicians here for the next ten years. The feds are breathing down their neck. But you're absolutely right. What do you do when a company is caught up in paying the bribes? 
So the guy who took the bribes is already going to go to prison. But what happens to the company that paid the bribes? I think what's happening now is the feds are trying to figure out which corporate heads, and it's probably the ones that got laid off like right after it all happened. Right. Those are the guys they're trying to get now. And those guys are going to be in some legal trouble. But they're yeah. CEOs, so they got the best lawyers in the world. We'll see what happens. And we'll see what happens with Governor Mike DeWine, obviously, in Ohio there. Um, the, the investigation did include him. However, no charges were brought against him. Uh, he uh, perhaps had um, uh, plausible deniability. I don't mm. know. But when things are that Ohio is not that big. And the state house is even smaller. (laughs) And I would be stunned if Mike DeWine wasn't aware of this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely stunned. It's the biggest bribery scandal in Ohio history. It's so bad. You almost wish that the house speaker would just fuck your wife already. (laughs) And that would be it. (laughs) All right. Just lastly, and something that I support more, Arizona governor. This is a gal who ran against Carrie Lake. Her name is Katie Hobbs. She issued an executive order on Thursday to remove the authority to carry out abortion-related prosecutions from counties in Arizona. So basically, um, if you are if you are in Arizona before this was uh, signed, this executive order, uh, you would be punished right. if you uh, if you provided abortion care, health care, whatever. Again, everyone's circumstance is different. Everyone's story is different. Mm-hmm. I ain't a medical doctor, and the state shouldn't have anything to do with this decision. So I agree with Governor Katie Hobbs um, lessening the police state to some degree. So I agree with uh, yeah. Arizona Governor Katie Hobbs um, because Thank- God knows these county officials, as we've talked about, should have no say mm-hmm. in what happens in your bedroom, in your womb, with your life, because they are disgusting, disgusting people. That's right. I'm glad Hobbs beat Carrie Lake. Yes. That is a godsend to the people of Arizona. And, you know, in, in, in hindsight, Carrie Lake, she seems happier down in Mar-a-Lago. So she does. She'll be fine. <laughs> She's also Carrie Lake is also getting sued for defamation. But, you know, I don't oh, know. OK, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, it I, I like these two stories because New Mexico uh, Governor uh, Grisham Lujan or Lujan Grisham, I always forget her name. Uh, Governor Lujan, whatever, she also kind of enshrined uh, federal protection or state protection for abortion access. Right. So this may not necessarily mean abortion access, but it does protect people who are providing that access. Like you can help someone. You can drive someone to the doctor. And it's also well, true. Drive someone to the doctor. Also, when it comes to birth control, the conversation of when does life begin? And if we're going to have that conversation from a government level, then you would have to say if you gave someone an abortion or if you gave someone a birth control pill, you're you're in, you're murdered. Mm. You murdered her. Uh, <laughs> you murdered someone. So, you know, it's it's for the best um, that the government just stays the fuck out of it. So, Katie Hobbs, good job. You did something good. I'm sure she'll do something horrible next week. <laughs> It'll be fine. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we will talk. Oh, yeah. We have a couple of dates. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Here this is going to be fun. People are going to come to this. Hell so yeah. So we're doing it. Um, July 9th, San Diego, Mike Drop Comedy. July 16th, San Francisco, Cobbs Comedy. July 23rd, Wise Guys in Las Vegas for Ben's birthday. Yeah. And July 30th at the Ontario Improv at Ontario, California, not Canada. Sorry, Canada. Yes, we'll be in Canada at some point. It's, it's, I hope so. Eh. We might be fleeing there soon. Well, I don't think so. I uh, know. 
This I'm is as good as south. it gets. I'm like, yeah, I'd, I'd I'm, much rather go yeah, south, you guys, Central what? America. Why wouldn't we go oh, yeah, somewhere? Yeah, I ain't going yeah. fucking north, bro. There's pyramids in the south. There's no yeah. pyramids Ooh, in the north. Okay. I'm going to do what my people do. I'm going to Europe. <laughs> you know that. Oh, Beautiful. Right. Argentina. Oh, Argentina. Oh, oh, yes. You can meet your uncles, your lost uncles in no. Argentina. No, no, no. They all died. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio... And producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.